So we need to have a good way to manage third-party inclusion in our sites because we are using more of them and they can have the large impact that I can't control. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Development Best Practices Podcast, brought to you by ILM Professional Services. I'm your podcast host, Jason Erdahl, and today we welcome back Robert Bodenheimer, Microsoft MVP, Pluralsight author, and MDC speaker, to talk about web performance. Robert will talk through his surprising answer to the biggest problems in quickly loading web pages how fast to load a web page, and some way to, ways to benchmark the loading of those web pages. We'll conclude with a discussion of HTTP 1.1 versus HTTP 2.0. So without further ado, let's bring in Robert. Robert Bodenheimer, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How about you? You know, I'm doing okay. Um, this is dating the podcast again. I know we're not supposed to do this, but I'm, uh, I'm watching the leaves starting to change. Um, they're just kind of prepping, um, a couple stressed out trees in my backyard. Um, um, and, uh, they're turning a little early and I think it's just a little early for me to see those uh, leaves changing, but it's okay. I like fall. So it's a good time of year. It's a good time. I like fall as well. It's probably my favorite season. So. Yes. Yes. It's beautiful. Well, um, you are a return, uh, visitor to the podcast. So, you know, a bit about what I'm going to ask next. Um, we always ask our guests, uh, about a best practice in something other than development. Yes. So best practice other than development. So something I've learned over the many years is, uh, negotiating with silence. I call it. (laughs) Yes. There's a lot of situations where people, you're better off being quiet for a while. A lot of people don't enjoy silence, so especially like say in a car negotiation, any of that kind of stuff, leaving the person just waiting for a little while and see how they react. I found that to be very successful. And also to say less, you know, if I, if for some reason I can't do something when I was younger, I'd say, I can't do that because of here's my reason. And then they can chip away at my reason like, well, but you could do so less words and uh, quieter has turned out working out really well for me. So no, I like that's that my tip lot. for the day. That is a, that is a very good tip. Um, so my, um, my beautiful and talented wife um, is very good at negotiating with silence. Um, so it is, it is, and she's taken a negotiation class during her MBA. So, and okay. she's still emerged doing a lot of negotiating with silence and it is hard to counter it. I'll admit it's hard to engage with It's surprisingly effective in certain situations. So the other thing is it makes the person pause. So sometimes it's that pause during the argument where you're like, do I really want to be having this argument? So this person is not talking right now. I'm going to restate my argument because that's my only tactic. And wow, I guess I don't have that strong of an argument. So that's a good one. Good one. Good one. So Well, let's not do that during the podcast today. So if I ask you a question you don't like, just, you know, just, you know, just don't negotiate with silence. You know, we'll begin to think, you know, the audio isn't turned on. Okay. I won't do that. I won't during the entire podcast. That'll be be fair. Bless you. Bless (laughs) you. Now that works great. So I will admit, I've been excited to talk to you about web performance, not only because I've seen you present on this so often, 
But I wondered how we would deal with this during an audio-only podcast, because so much of what you do in talking about web performance is, let's go to a website, and I can show you examples. But then we created some questions, and, and I, I, think, I think there's some good stuff to learn from an audio podcast, and I will say throughout this, um, there, there are going to be some tools and some things you bring up. I imagine, um, everyone in advance, uh, those are going to be in the show notes. So not to worry. So we'll, we'll get those listed and linked in there too. So, um, okay, great. Well, web performance, um, let's start out with the biggest, biggest question, uh, top item. Um, what do you see are the biggest problems in making web pages load quickly? I would probably say developers, designers, marketers, product owners, and users. <laughs> you probably expected a technical answer, and I, I certainly I have lots of them, and I, I'll give you some. Okay. But it, it's amazing how many times, even as somebody who uses a website, the expectations of what somebody wants for sub-second, but want it to be beautiful with videos, and just the tension between all of those groups of people yeah. makes it difficult at times to be going the same direction on things you want to do for performance. Okay. I, I think the culture and those interactions are very important. But from a technical, the page size just continues to grow. If you follow H HTTP Archive, they've got a long history of what the average page sizes are and how much it's grown. I think the last time I looked at it, it's about triple what it was just 10 years ago. And most of it is images and JavaScript lately. So those the, that just continues to grow, and we'll talk about some techniques that can help deal with that. And also the third parties. Third parties are a big problem today just because a lot of sites use them. They want the functionality, but they do introduce a lot of potential for problems. You know, single points of failure, uh, obviously performance for a web performance talk, security. So we need to have a good way to manage third-party inclusion in our sites because we are using more of them and they can have the large impact that I can't control. Yeah. And for those people who need to monetize their websites through advertisements, that's often something that's stymied. And in some ways you can tell them, well, that's the third-party ad that's slowing down the site. Um, the other stuff loads in just fine, but it's still, it's still, uh, the end result is still a less performant website. So, yep. I'm, I'm so the, the, the key there is deferring. So yeah. I, using async and defer on JavaScript. And we wrote a custom uh, JavaScript that just waits to load things until the page on load event fires. So all the okay. critical stuff is done. And I try to push all of my third-party stuff to be after that event, just so okay. I, it won't have an impact on paint and other things that need to happen. So counter-argument from the sales staff. Yes, but then we get fewer impressions. <laughs> well, they, it should all still happen, right? It should yeah, all yeah, happen. It should. Just, yeah, it's just yeah, shifted. But, you know, the people who like go to the front page of a, of a media website, right? And then they see yep. a headline and they click on it. If they click on that headline before the ad gets a chance to load in, they yes. get that ad impression. Yeah, yes. no, I get you. I get you. Um, Life is trade-offs, right? That's yes, my favorite saying with web performance. So... Absolutely. My, my favorite thing in talking to the uh, sales folks was, well, another website is just a click away. Um, right. So yep. if we load slowly, we'll just go somewhere else. Um, so yep, hundred percent. So um, we've been talking about speed and fast and what it, it, all, all those terms. 
what does that even mean? Um, so when you, are you, is there some metrics, some KPIs? Are there things we look at when we talk about a fast web page? Yes. So there have been lots of different uh, metrics over the years. Luckily for us, Core Web Vitals came out not that long ago. And it basically focuses on the three things you care about for a website. Um, largest contentful paint. So the biggest part of the above the fold, when will I start to see that? Uh, first input delay. So I'm sure you've probably never happened to you. You go to a site, you still want to start clicking, but nothing works yet. Right. right first right. input delay will see that. And the other one I'm sure hasn't happened to you. You're ready to click a button and the whole screen moves and shifts. They call oh my that gosh. Uh, advertisement. Yeah. Hello. Cumulative oh, layout shift. Yes. Yeah. So those three, and the good news is um, Google started using them in search ranking. And okay. so over the years, I run into most business people I know now understand what these are. It's the first time we've got a metric that we can both speak to and we both want to improve it. So it's, it's yeah. a nice thing to use lately. I've also used speed index in the past. Uh, I still use that. A lot of tools support it. And it's basically how many milliseconds it takes for your above the fold content to render. So again, I like Core Web Vitals just because it's ticking on the three big things, right? The visual and the not shifting and being able to interact with it. So I would go with that today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, Core Web Vitals is great. Are there other tools that you like to benchmark your web pages? Yeah, there's a lot of different tools. So the first one would be a synthetic and real user monitoring service. Uh, so things like Speed Curve, Dynatrace. Uh, we used to use, if you remember, Keynote and Gomez yep. uh, became part Gomez. of Dynatrace. So there's lots of vendors that do this. And the differences are um, the synthetic is a set of specific computers, right? That's going to be the same computers all the time, hitting certain pages on your site. So you have some good consistency. The real user monitoring is better in some ways that I'm actually seeing what customers are experiencing. You know, the people with slow connections, old phones. So both of them are are useful, but those are those are good tools to follow that. Uh, another one is called webpagetest.org. So okay. that's a free one that's been out for a long time. You can just put in a URL, choose where you want to test from. It captures video, which is very helpful. Speaking to non-technical people, being able to show them a video of how it paints one way versus the other can have a big impact. Uh, it shows timelines and other things. I also use Lighthouse. So if you've been oh. in DevTools and you've noticed the tab called Lighthouse, it's a set of uh, best practices. So they know the best practices you should follow for performance. So they run heuristics and things against the page you're looking at and give you a 0 to 100 score. But what's cool is they also show what you should fix. So they don't just say you got a 20, too bad for you. They'll say the specific things that you could focus on. And if you don't know what they are, it's nice because they link to details. And we'll talk about some of the techniques later. But right. So that's cool. Um, page Speed Insights. Okay. is basically the same idea. It's Lighthouse, but it also incorporates basically everybody who uses Chrome who opts into telemetry, um, okay. which is probably a lot of people. Basically get free RUM from all of the Chrome users in the world, which is a lot of people on a lot of devices. So it yeah. marries both of those things, the Lighthouse along with what Google sees for RUM. And so you can see both of them and, and the same measurements and things are compared in those two ways. So that's helpful. Cool. And the last one is probably Fiddler. You know, if I sit down oh, with somebody yeah. and they say, how does my site perform? What do you think? It's usually the first one I'll go into 
because I'm looking for specific techniques. You know, are they doing compression? Are they doing expirations? Are they minifying? I can see all that very quickly. Uh, so that's probably my first tool I'll use when I look yeah. at a site. Yeah, and I would love to get you back one of these days to talk about Fiddler. Um, so I know you go deep on that one. So that would be great. That would yeah. be amazing. It's um, a great product. So, so I use it every great. day. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and uh, yeah, we'll get all these in the show notes. So, but that's that's future. I'm sure we'll have already done that by the time you're listening to us. <laughs> yay. Yay. Never Just know. Check the show notes for that great information. So how big of a difference does HTTP 1.1 versus HTTP 2 or H2 make? Really depends on the site and what the people's connections are like. So the main thing they changed in HTTP uh, 2, they really wanted to cut down the number of connections. So we've been running HTTP 1.1 for a long time. I think it started in 1999. And it's yeah. been very successful. The problem was there's a few things about how connections were used that was really the problem. So the browser spec said uh, you can use two connections per host. So whatever my domain name is, the browser would use two connections to gather all the resources from that host. Browser vendors figured out that they would look faster if they had more connections. So they ended up, most of them right. settle on six connections at a time. But each connection has to go through a, a TCP handshake. It has to go through a TLS security handshake. And it also TCP, which is underneath HTTP uh, 1.1 and 2, it's set up to do what's called slow start. So it won't let you send a lot of data right away. And it senses how well it's getting acknowledgements and how good your connection is before it speeds up. So all of those things cause problems. So the main thing they did in HTTP 2 was just to say, we're just going to have one connection per host. And we're just going to multiplex everything we need from that host over that single connection. So that changes, you know, I've done performance stuff for a long time. It changes some of the techniques that you may or may not use. And we'll talk about that possibly later. Uh, just with some changes, but it really benefits you if you're on a slow network with high latency, having less connections uh, turns out to be a really good deal for you. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I like it. And that's a good stopping point, I think. A great introduction to the topic and a big batch of tools to use. Please be sure to listen in a few weeks to part two of our web performance discussion with Robert, where we'll talk through content expirations and content delivery networks. The Development Best Practices podcast is brought to you by ILM Professional Services. Creating performant web applications is not simple, particularly if this is something you don't do regularly. IAM does this a lot. A lot of work creating highly performant web applications. Applications that load fast and safely. We'd love to help. Please reach out to us at ilmservice.com so we can discuss how. If you have any feedback on this episode or have a topic you'd like us to cover, please email us at podcast at ilmservice.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.